great. But here's what he did. Rhyme it. Do you know how to rhyme it? Oh, please just rhyme it. And he really gets into it. Do you know how to rhyme it? Yes, of course. We will you don't even have to think about it. So let's rhyme it today. Rhyme it. Yes. We are going to rhyme it. Just that's where he just after Ooh, ran down. Everybody, amazing! I'm not gonna remember any of it. That's good. That's the way to go. All over the Rams today and Rammy. I mean, now he's like on his feet. How are you guys? Who's house? Wow. Rammy. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Rams Brothers. I'm your host Dean, and I'm joined, as always, by my brother and the other fantastic hosts of this show, Nick. And Nick, we got the Packers coming up. They're a two and five team. It's going to be an interesting game in Lambeau. But first and most importantly, how are you, my good brother? I'm good. I'm good. Things are good. Things are good, Dean. We are we are somehow making our way. We're halfway through the season, uh, exactly where we were last year. It's hard to feel great about the season, but, you know, listen to us for a little bit, and we'll make you feel better about it. Yeah, I mean, we're sprinkling a little optimism there. Just because the record's identical, because Matthew Stafford's stats are nearly identical, because, um, you know, dealing with – Things like injuries, dealing with things like staying put during the trade deadline. Maybe that's why, you know, there's a little pessimism that's that's sprinkling in. But Nick, you and I were talking about before the podcast, we still feel like there's some hope in this season. And it's not just because we're overly optimistic Rams fans who still have hope to make the playoffs. I just think that if you can get a, a win in Lambeau Field, um, I think it would be huge just to be able to get the momentum back. And then you go into a bye week and then you got Seattle and then you got Arizona. So, you know, it's not an impossible outlook to have is just that this team is able to pick up some of the pieces and get a win on the road. Yeah. Which, which is, which is likely, I mean, regardless of Sean McVay's record against the floor, this is such a great spot to get this Packers team. They're so bad and we just got our asses kicked and it's such a great time to buy stock in a team after they just had, if they just been blown out. So I don't know. I mean, I really feel confident right now. That yeah, they can at least win this week, go into the bye and be like, okay, let's reset. Three-point underdogs on the road against a team that is coming off of four straight losses. And, you know, I think that our chances are just as good as any other squad to come in there and beat them in that week. So before we jump into some of the overall updates, just want to make sure that you guys, if you're enjoying the podcast, make sure that you... Like and subscribe. We still need your guys' support. We need it badly. Just keep listening, keep watching. The season is uh, still still plentiful. We got a lot of football left, and we're, we still have a lot of fun to have. And there's some good stuff sprinkled into this podcast that's new, that's exciting. So, uh, very very much excited for you to hear all about the preview, and then we'll go into you know both the offense and defense. We'll talk through Nick's picks, everybody's favorite segment of the week. Special guest on uh, picks this week. Nick's picks was 4-0. Well, I mean, we, we, we were 4-0, and then the Niners came around, and they could not cover, and they lost outright. But So we went 4-1 on the week, which is pretty spectacular. That's damn good. Yeah, if you're not following along with Nick's picks, make sure you guys are. Nick's picks is going to be really fun for today, so I'm looking forward to it. So the overall updates, Nick, I wanted to talk about the trade deadline because this is a massive conversation point amongst Rams fans right now. It came and went. Twas the crack of 4 p.m. Eastern on Halloween, and the Rams stayed put. While the San Francisco 49ers, coming off of three straight losses, 
felt the need to trade a third round pick in 2024 for Chase Young. So, and that's also like, if Chase Young doesn't come back, I think they're also eligible for a third round comp pick at some point if he walks. So it's a really good situation for the San Francisco 49ers. Aside of that, they still have Brock Purdy. So it's, it all remains to be seen if they could finish the deal. And then some of the other deals that, that went through, the commanders were obviously extremely active. Montez Sweat went to the Bears for a second. Rasul Douglas, I don't think a lot of people are expecting him to move. Uh, obviously, part of the Green Bay Packers for the last three years, he went to the Bills for a third round pick. Leonard Williams to Seattle for a second and a fifth. Josh Dobbs went to uh, to the Vikings for a pick swap. And then Ezra Cleveland for the Jags. And then not much else happened, but still, it's plenty. Um, I wanted to ask you, Nick, and I think the one other call that we kind of glanced over there is Leonard Williams to Seattle, who we're going to have to see after the bye. But Nick, are you happy with them not making any moves so far? I mean, are, we're looking at 2024, 2025. I can't say that I was happy, but I, I do somewhat understand the vision. I I looked at where the team was, you know, like maybe if they were at 500 right now and mm-hmm. they, they beat Dallas, I could see them going out and being like, you know, while things haven't been great, we can definitely make a push because we got the QB and the pieces to have like this explosive offense. We just need a little more help on defense. So I get the people that want to chase young, but it, you know, he's going to, he, he got such a better situation in San Francisco. Let's be real. They are ready to win a Super Bowl. Um, and for him, I'm happy as a Rams fan. It also just makes sense because we don't have what it takes. I don't need us to be making moves right now to think about the postseason. I'm worried about the future. And uh, as unfortunate as it is, as much as we want to see this year, as like a you know retooling where we can get into the playoffs. Even if we make it into the playoffs, I think a team like the Niners, like the Eagles, like the Lions will be able to step on step all over us. From what I've seen personally, yeah, so, no, I definitely do not agree. Right, I don't think they're going to be a, a playoff contender to the point where they're going to have to compete with the Niners or the Lions in the end in an NFC Championship game. And that's not the appeal for Chase Young. The one thing that I thought was really interesting for Chase Young's perspective was he was in the final year of his deal. Right. So you had an opportunity to potentially restructure him for 24, 25 and beyond and give him a new contract. So to me, that was the interest was you could have another core piece going into 24 and 25 instead of waiting for an offseason when things can be a little bit unsure or relying on a draft pick to the point where we go back to 2020. They drafted Terrell Lewis in the third round, which was just I mean, we can't forgive ourselves for that draft pick. And then there's Byron Young, who is playing really well this year as a rookie. So we're at a 50, 50 percent rate. I mean, when it comes to drafting edge rushers in the third round. So I'm just trying to compare a third round pick to the Niners for Chase Young. Like it made sense for us to eventually look at a core contract moving forward, but I understand why it didn't happen. And it's just going to put us in an even better position for next year, hopefully. Yeah. I, I think this is just like, we're thinking about next year as sad as that is to say, since we're in the middle of this year, it's like you want to be able to compete with these teams. Yeah. Uh, I, I still think if, if they win the games that they believe are winnable, they can get to that postseason. And then, hey, you know, anything can happen, truly. We've seen it. Yeah. Um, somehow the wild card Giants beat an undefeated Patriots team. Like, literally anything is possible. But um, as far as right now with them not taking and, like, not picking up anybody, I'm fine. It's yeah. it's yeah. what it is. Yeah. I'm going to be a realist on the season, and I'm going to say that we're thinking about next year. 
Yeah, it's just it's such a phenomenal talent. Like I think that's that's the reason why I'm upset is because Chase Young is is incredible player, and he would have been phenomenal on this defensive line paired up with Aaron Donald. But you get the appeal, Ohio State with Nick Bosa. It makes sense why he was reunited there. And then Matthew Stafford, Ernest Jones, and Rob Havenstein today, November first, twenty twenty three, were all held out of practice. Um, so I, I mean, I think the expectation is if you get any of them in a limited fashion, right? If you get Matthew Stafford, if you get Rob Havenstein, you get Ernest Jones in a limited fashion on Friday, you're looking good, right? Because otherwise, if you don't get Matthew Stafford at any point this week with the UCL sprain, you're looking at Dresser Wynn or you're looking at Brett Rippon, most likely Brett Whippin, because Dresser Wynn was just signed to the practice squad. So, I mean, that that was the move, was bringing in a, a veteran quarterback that has some familiarity with the system. It, this, this game feels like there's a, a real opportunity for the Rams to walk into this building and win it. If Matthew Stafford is healthy, right? Otherwise, yeah. <laughs> otherwise I, I don't feel that at all, and I don't think I mean, many Rams Brent fans is not going to lead any team to victory. Maybe the San Francisco Niners because they <laughs> have just such an amazing team. But I, 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 yeah, I mean the the strength of the shoulders of Brett Rippon or Dresser Win um, with a kind of beaten up offensive line, I feel zero confidence, um, especially in Green Bay. But, you know, who knows? You know, Tyson Bajan went out and drilled three uh, touchdown passes. <laughs> so anything can really happen. I, I just have no idea. I don't really I, – I, I hate that we're in the exact same position as last year where it's like, oh, maybe Stafford can't go. Maybe he's on the IR. You know what I mean? It's like, come on. This is what, like, regardless of if we were going to compete as being, like, a top caliber team in that high echelon, we should mm -hmm. have that Stafford on the field all season. Yeah, I, well, I think it, it leads them to be able to condense their offense a little bit. Do not have to have Matthew Stafford in empty. You do not have to have him in empty coming out of the half on first down. Your tendencies when Tyler Higby is lined up in a specific spot on the offensive line, your tendencies when Cooper Cup is lined up in the slot, any indication that you're showing that is a pass tendency on early downs, just get Matthew Stafford under center, hand the ball off, you know, be able to get him on a, on a play-action boot, easy completions, backside screens, tight end screens, short slants, middle of the field stuff, stuff to just be able to get him going. You don't need to be able to take the explosives in every opportunity that presents itself, even if the defense is showing it pre-snap. I think that there's a, a real opportunity for the offense to be able to expose this defense if Matthew Stafford is healthy. But, like, the only reason we were talking about dresser win and the Rams' backup situation is because John Wolford was, like, signed and then wasn't signed. <laughs> He was like, yeah, I don't, I don't think I want to come back and play for Sean McVay. He tortured me enough. I'm good. So, I mean, that, that's the problem. It's like he was on his way back. Then you got some familiarity with Dresser Wynn. Now Dresser Wynn is running the practice squad. But, like, where do you see your, these things net out? Because it's all about Stetson Bennett and the fourth-round draft pick. I mean, as far as Wolford goes, I would love to get into the psychology of that man. And I mean, maybe it's a comfort thing, you know, where it's like, I'm good playing on the practice squad of the Buccaneers. Like maybe an opportunity for me comes here and I just don't want to leave. Or if it's truly like, yeah, that was a toxic relationship that I had in Los Angeles with those fans, with that culture. I do not want to go back there. Like I, it probably leans somewhere in the middle of that. Same, you know, yeah. Sure. Like it, it's, it's a little bit of both of those things, but I don't think like he had a chance to start like truly he's probably getting the start over Brett Rippon. Um, and he said, no. So that's just bizarre. 
Yeah, I, I just I want to see the offense just be able to do a couple of things, um, and that that means get under center and be able to stay on the field and not be in third and, and or three and out situations consistently and not turn the ball over in situations where they shouldn't and make mistakes, self-inflicted wounds. And I think that they're capable of doing that. It's just a matter of, of, of we'll see if, if McVay wants to be able to commit to a, a game plan that doesn't allow for things to unwind um, all still be to be determined. But I, you know, I want to talk about the Packers because I, I, I think that this Jordan love development is really, really interesting. Um, I mean, he's or the, lack the Packers are two or lack thereof, right? <laughs> the Packers are two and five right now. They are in third place in the NFC North. I think the Bears are two and six below them, and then it's the Vikings are four and four, and I think the Lions only have two losses. But Excellent. in terms of yeah, in terms of just the Packers so far, like they started two and one under uh, with Jordan Love. Like they beat the Bears and the Saints, and they lost to the Falcons only by a single point. He had seven touchdowns and one interception to that point, and then. Me, the idiot, went ahead and added him to his fantasy squad, which for all people around the world should have known that that was the absolute kiss of death for the remainder of his season. So that has unwinded. They uh, they played the Lions. The Lions outscored them in prime time, twenty nine to three. At the it should have been more too. I mean, there was no, re- there was no, they had no business coming back in that Lions game. It was all refs trying to get the Packers to cover. I mean, like three of their drives were saved by like phantom penalties. I mean, that they, was, they got mollywopped by the Lions. 100%. That was a three and O Lions team against a two and one Packers team. Like there was some in an in division Monday Night Football game. Like there was a lot of excitement about that game, and Jordan Love just went out and shit the bed, for lack of a better term. Yeah, sorry, we're kind of all over the place. With the cuss words. We apologize to Disney. <laughs> They'll forgive us. The, our our sponsors do forgive us with the with the, with the language as long as it's not terrible. Okay. Regardless, the Lions, um, I thought that that game was really interesting because they, they were just trying to like claw and fight back to be able to get within two possessions, and they couldn't. And then the following week, the Raiders in Vegas on Monday night, um, it was 17 to 13. Jordan Love went 16 of 30 for 182 yards and three interceptions. And then they had their bye week. And then they lost to the Broncos, where he had an almost identical stat line to the week prior of the bye week, where he threw two interceptions or, or two of those interceptions were touchdowns, rather, and he threw one pick, but still very, very similar stat line, similar completion percentage. They ended up losing to Denver 19-17, to 17, and I think that kicked off Denver's winning streak. And then Minnesota, um, I thought he was a little bit better, but I think the Vikings won 24-10. to 10. So yeah. the Packers' season has been all over the place, and Jordan Love is part of the reason why. I think a lot of what Jordan Love is really, like, his career, I think, can be boiled down to a couple moments. Um, multiple times this year, Monday night against the Lions, Monday night against the Raiders, uh, the Packers defense gets an amazing turnover right in the uh, – so then the Packers are – Jordan Love is right in the end zone. This happens two weeks in a row. Yeah. And three plays, done. Nothing. Misses the receiver, misses the receiver, run the ball twice. And that's all you need to know. Like, you cannot settle for things there. I, I, I don't think he has the kill in him to make a play with his legs. I just don't really like what I'm seeing from him at all. And when you get those gifts, you have to capitalize in the end zone, I think, to be, like, you could consider, like, a, like an actual super team because then you got to make the team pay for right. their mistakes. And they didn't. They haven't all season. That week one Bears game – it was fool's gold. It was against probably one of the worst defenses in the league. It's just 
it, you know, it just happens. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, look at these numbers. It's really interesting. Jordan Love ranks last in completion percentage, 57.7%, among 32 qualifying quarterbacks, just behind the Jets' Zach Wilson at 58.3%. So, wow, bottom, bottom tier quarterback in terms of completion percentage, and it has plummeted since all of this has happened. And I think this is a Nick, I think this is a moment. I think this is going to be the first moment of, of many moments in this podcast where we unleash Dean's keys because this is one of three Dean's keys in this game, and it's for the defense. And it's being able to get Jordan Love off the field on third down and staying penalty-free. The Packers right now have a 40% conversion rate on third down. It actually drops to 37% at home. So one of Dean's keys is unlocked. Oh, we love it. So that's one key. I think it's just being able to get, get to Jordan Love and get him off the field on third down. And I think that if you can keep them in the 25% range, get plenty of pressure in his face, the Rams will have plenty of, of opportunities on offense and will be able to eventually execute in one of their 11, 12 possessions, hopefully. So that is Jordan Love and the Packers overall. The offense, I think, holistically, they rank 25th in total yards per game and 21st in passing yards per game. But the good news for them, though, the Rams came in with the 32nd ranked coverage grade from PFF on the season. So a little My bit of a, of a disaster. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, a lot of it has to do with Darion Kendrick the last week going out um, or not Darion Kendrick, Kobe Durant. Darion Kendrick just being himself, being on the field and being himself. Uh, Akella Witherspoon, I mean, being a lifeline, it's they're lucky that they even brought him onto the team. The fact that he's playing as well as he is, is a blessing. Um, and the offensive struggles, I think, Nick, for the Packers in the first half have crippled them entirely. Like it, it changes the whole dynamic of the game. Opponents have outscored the Green Bay Packers 73 to nine combined in the first half of, of the past five games. So their minus 59 first half point def differential is tied for second worst in the entire NFL. So you look at these these numbers and they're they're pretty ridiculous. Like if you can figure out a way, Nick, to put together a scripted drive, which is your favorite possession usually in the game is that first series when they're perfectly balanced and Daryl Henderson has five touches, Matthew Stafford has three completions to um, Cooper Cup and two completions to Tyler Higby and a deep pass to Tutu Atwell. Like those are the perfect series that everybody wants consistently. Um, if you can get off to a fast start against this team, we saw what the Lions did in week four. We've seen it a couple of weeks um, in the past five, six weeks. You can legitimately get yourself off um, to 14 points, you know, 17 point lead and be able to put together some of those drives. Hopefully be able to get your field goal kicker involved and um, just be able to do what we all know the Rams are able to do. Yeah, it's just it, it's tough to really be excited about this game if you think about it in the lens that Stafford's not going to start. So we're like, we're going to see Brett Ripon. And then if he doesn't get off to a good start, if our defense picks up where they left off last week, it could be like a really difficult game. But numbers against numbers, I think here, if you look at the Packers numbers and the Rams numbers, they're both very mediocre. So I think both teams could kind of make each other look better in a way. So I think – that's the pill that you have to swallow right now going into this game where where you're kind of just saying, this team is also very bad, and it's a really great spot for us to bounce back. Even though we don't look amazing, we can kind of come back and get to that level because there are moments this season where we have looked amazing, truly. Yeah. So yeah. it's that's, not beyond progress. Yeah. You could look amazing in one half of football against this team, 
And then, you know, you could, you know, allow them to claw back, back, but still play well enough in the second half to be able to keep the deficit what it is and be able to come away with a win. So that's another another key is just be able to get off to a fast start. Doing pretty well in this episode. I'm pretty impressed. I think uh, you talk about like the, the Rams' offense, the Packers' offense, numbers, numbers. It's kind of is a little bit of a comparison. Bad throws. This is via Roberto Clemente. Bad throw percentage. You can see Matthew Stafford and Jordan Love both right next to each other at three and four. Matthew Stafford's throwing a bad throw on 20% of plays and Jordan Love on 19.2% of plays. It's IE Pro Football Reference, ESPN, FanDuel, DraftKings, et cetera, Sport Radar. So all of those sources are compiled when picking up that stat. So it's, it's just going to be a matter of who can limit the, the bad throws. And if you can get yourself off to a fast start, it's, it's going to be a really interesting game for the Rams. Yeah, right. I do think that that they get off to a good start. Like like you said, that usually is my favorite bit of offense that we see from them because they are so balanced and they don't like go drift away from the run game. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it should. And and I'm you know I'm thinking Hendo is going to get in that Endo this weekend. Mm, I, you know that might be. Um, I don't want to spoil it for next picks because it could be one of my locks. You never know. We'll see. Spoiler potentially. But um, yeah, I think. I think with uh, the like the Packers offensive line, Bakhtiari is out. Um, Zach Tom, their right tackle, is probably the only player that I, I I truly have any trust in. Like if I'm if I'm protecting Jordan Love or a brand new quarterback in the system, Zach Tom would be a player I'd want to bring over. But I mean that's it's um, I, I Byron Young and Michael Hoyt. If they could figure out a way to get around the left edge, they might not get a ton of pressure around the right edge on Jordan Love's front side. But we, like and you know what AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones are capable of. Jones missed almost a month earlier this year, and he's still monitoring a hamstring injury. So that's definitely something to watch. He was wearing a red non-contact jersey today at practice. And then that's probably likely the last year you're going to be able to see those two guys together in A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones. Dillon, he's under four yards per carry this year. He's taken a lion's share of the carries, though. And then Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson. Christian Watson's been really banged up. He's been targeted 24 times, has 11 receptions in four games. They've been 0-4. So... I mean, Robio Dobbs is as the the big time pass catcher in this offense is not a huge threat. But another um, another thing that I wanted to mention was Luke Musgrave because he has 31 targets, uh, and the way that the Rams defend tight ends so far this season, it feels like week after week we're getting exposed by backup tight ends, starting tight ends. Doesn't matter who it is. My lock of the week is Luke Musgrave paired with the Daryl Henderson anytime touchdown. But we'll talk about it. I think Musgrave gets in the end zone for the first Musgrave time. Musgrave scores. He's had 31 targets and no touchdowns so far on the season. So I think Yeah, I mean, I, like, this is the annoyance of the Packer fandom, I think, because going into the season, I heard Luke Musgrave is, as, is going to be the next Travis Kelsey. And <laughs> it's just like, so I pick them up in like multiple of my leagues and I'm just like, what, what are we doing here? Like, why am I listening to this? Sam Laporta. You should have been listening yeah. to the other team in the NFC North because it's Sam right. Laporta. Is the next Laporta like I, I see some true Gronkisms in the, he's nasty. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's nasty. And Goff loves a good, strong, capable tight end. So he hits him often. I, I loved him in, in the draft. Everybody loves an Iowa tight end. Sam Laporta is tight end university. So that's I, and then um, when you go over to the defense, because we talked about Musgrave, you know he's he's a, he's a, a nice rookie. I think he does get his first touchdown in this game at home. Call it a lock. Maybe you pair Henderson and Luke Musgrave as a as a parlay, and you, you bet on both of them. But I think the defense is really interesting. We talked about the Rasul Douglas trade. 
Like Nick, that is, it's something that cannot be overlooked. Like he's a signal caller, has experience in the system. He was with Joe Barry for all three years since he took over the defense. He's not a Pro Bowl player, but he plays at a really, really high level on the defense. And he's a New Jersey guy. So obviously we have an affiliation, but it's likely Carrington Valentine, not Larry Valentine, but Carrington Valentine, who's going to be starting. He's a former seventh round pick. Um, so that's that's going to be the guy. You just traded away a starting caliber corner. So hopefully an opportunity for the Rams to be able to expose. I mean, that would be great. And once again, a lot of it relies on Matthew Stafford. <laughs> Do you remember um, Russell Douglas's first NFL touchdown by any chance? No. Uh, 2021. I, I believe it was Odell Beckham Jr.'s first game as a Ram. And it was the first loss of an entire loss uh, or an entire November of losses. He had a uh, professional interception as a touchdown return for a touchdown. And uh, he's not going to be on the field in this game. So I, I'm, I'm very encouraged over the fact that they, they just traded away a signal caller slash heart and soul, the defense. And for all the focus that Jordan love gets their their defense 28th in DVOA. And no, no defense gives up more plays per drive. So that's my, you could win by death of a thousand paper cuts in this game. You could win by staying on the field offensively and keeping their offense off the field. Um, so a lot of, um, a lot of really fun situations that I think the Rams could expose if Matthew Stafford is healthy. I get a little bit worried about Rashawn uh, Gary and Preston Smith coming around the edges. They're both problems. We know how good Jair Alexander is. Like he's as as fun and as carefree as a football player comes. And then both of their linebackers, uh, Devondre Campbell and Quay Walker, are both playing really well. But Nick, I think I have another key for you. Let's hear it. And that key is going to be based around this team's defense against the run. So against the run, they're 26th, 132 rushing yards per game. So I'm going to tee this one up very nicely. The key, give Daryl Henderson and Royce Freeman the ball 35 to 40 times in this game. Without a doubt, Stafford's hand is banged up. It can negate pressure. It can get the offensive line rolling. That, to me, is absolutely another. Dean's Cade. You got all three. I think when you have Stafford on the field, that will work. But if you do have Brett Rippon. There's no threat to pass. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's no threat. So, I mean, I, I 100% agree with that as the final key of the stop and swap. Um, if, if Stafford is starting, then yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I think, I think Henderson can just take over a game, honestly. And I think he should be able to do that against this run defense. If Henderson and Freeman. Yeah, the way to beat the Cowboys last week was to run right at Michael Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence. And they, I think they did it when they could, in, in McVay's eyes at least. But I liked what I saw out of Royce Freeman and Daryl Henderson. So 35 to 40 carries, especially with the thumb banged up. In any situation, really, it's Brett Rickman, it's Dresser Wynn, it's Matthew Stafford, run the ball 35 to 40 times in this game. The numbers tell you to. There's no reason why you shouldn't. Um, and then defending in the red zone, they're eighth best. So this is a highlight of their defense. They're only allowing touchdowns on 46% of red zone appearances. And then on third down, they're 17th overall right next to the Rams. They allow a conversion on 39% of attempts in on third down. So, I mean, be able to take advantage of that. And the Rams are allowing a 38% conversion percentage on third down. Like I said, if you can get that down to 25% and keep Jordan Love off the field, we're going to be good. 
I feel good about it. I do. And I think I'll talk about it a little more in Nick's picks, but I think there's some real there's a real path to the Rams coming back this week. There's a path. There's money to be made. Hopefully there's no defense alignment talking on the sidelines about the Rams' defense and tweeting pictures of Squidward. Bobby Brown, we can't tolerate that. No bueno. I think we're uh, in a much better situation for this week, but remains to be seen. This team is a question mark right now. Shall we get started on next picks? I'm ready when you are. Let's see the little intro. All right, let's do it. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. That was that was LeBron. I didn't mean for him to make an appearance. Uh, all right, next picks, week nine. We had a great week last week, as Dean talked about, when 4-1, and you're able to climb out of the mud, get back to a season-high winning record. Very proud of these picks and how this segment has churned into a great event for all of us here at Rams Bros. Me, Dean, and all the other people that me and Dean pretend to be, the producers, the sound mixers, <laughs> we're just really delighted on the response of Nick's picks this year. So the fans, the followers, the listeners of the podcast, we pretend to be it all. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> One of those listens is just me just clicking listen again. So we get another theme song. Let's see how this one goes. My music ability may be slipping and it might be uh, heard this week that it's slipping, but I try to make it fun every Thursday for you guys. So hopefully that shines through. So here we go. Is this a live? Is this a live version? Oh, no. I, th I thought I sent it to you, but I guess <laughs> the producer forgot it. Uh, that's all right. Never mind. We're going we're gonna to skip the song this week then. <laughs> no live rendition? Uh, hold on. Let me see if I can pull up the lyrics. I'll do a live rendition if I have it. Um, yeah, let's see what you got. We, we got time for a live rendition of the next picks theme. Otherwise, right, I, you could send it to me and I'll, I'll play it later. No, no. It might be... Let me just check and see because I don't have the lyrics up because I usually it's like spur of the moment. Wait, hold on. I have it on my phone. Do you want to? There just you go. It? Yeah. All right. I was nervous. Can't really hear it. Oh, uh, really? That's no. all right. It was Arthur. It was Arthur. Right. It was a bad week for it. No worries. <laughs> Fuck that Texans. We tried. We tried. So far this season, the Bucks went from Baker is back to, oh, no, is the old Baker back? It's hard to see a path for them. But if there was a must-win game, this is it. Texans are young. It's probably their greatest advantage and their greatest weakness. They have the coach and QB combo, which is half the battle in the NFL. But let's be real. When they face a top-caliber defense, they crumble. The Panthers held Stroud to 140 yards in the air. He went 16 for 24, and he looked very non-special. Bryce Young going up, going up against the Texans' D threw for 235 with a touchdown, which is not astounding, but it's enough. Honestly, it feels like this game is going to just be an exact repeat of last week. The Panthers' D is great. The Bucks' D is even better. So regardless of Baker's ability – I think he will do just enough to get them a win here. I like Bucks plus two and a half. I think they can win outright. Let's take the points because they're given to us, so we'll just take them. 24-14, Bucks take the win. Over-under sitting at 40. I'm going to go under just because everything about this game says it will be controlled by the Bucks defense, and I think 
that's beneficial for us since we have the points. Yeah, the Bucks are coming off of three straight losses, so uh, they're they would be due if they're going to you know compete for the remainder of the season, compete in that division. They're going to have to win this game, and it's against an inexperienced team. Although I love CJ Stroud, so I do too. I listen. I I love Stroud, and I think that they'll be good for a while. But you know, this year they can flounder a little bit for sure. Agreed. Agreed. So moving on. Giants at Raiders. The Raiders fire their coach. They fire their GM. They sit their quarterback, who just signed for 70 mil. And the line currently sits at Raiders minus two. And unfortunately, I'm going to have to run with the Raiders on this one. I'm sorry. On paper, this pick won't make any sense, but you just have to trust me. Teams always play up when the coach is fired every single time. Jeff Saturday as a head coach only had one win, and it was his first week. And it had nothing to do with him as or his capabilities as a, as a head coach. It has everything to do with the players wanting to say, F you, the prior coach. And they're going to do that full, too full with Josh McDaniels. Should have never been a head coach. And now we have to watch Devontae Adams suffer on a horrendous team one year longer. The Giants have nothing. Tommy DeVito, who can't complete a forward pass. I'm taking the more talented team. And the team that wants to show the world that their head coach sucks. 15-21, I think Raiders take the win. Wow. Yeah, I, I love the uh, head coach gets fired, team automatically wins theory, especially against the Giants. And it works in favor. It's the first coach, first GM, first offense coordinator. Like, they cleared house for the Raiders. Yeah. So, yeah, good chance that the players just revolt in favor of the uh, of the Raiders winning. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think. I think that's I think that's what happens, and I know and I know we said this, and we and I've been avoiding the Rams since week three. But one of the official Knicks picks this week, it's coming from Rams at Packers. I think the Rams, I'm taking them, and I just you know I'm not super stoked on it, but I'm not not stoked on it. Both teams look bad, very bad. I think the Packers should be more worried because, like Michael Jackson's hit film, this is it. This is the coach QB combo that is set for the future. And it does not look great. Love has hasn't had a passer rating rating above seventy two since week two, and you can't really sit back and enjoy what he's had to offer. The Rams coming off a blow off loss, which we talked about. Usually, the best time to buy stock in a team. I don't care who's under center right now for this bet. The Rams finally beat Lafleur's Packers this week. I think this is where it starts. We start scrummaging wins together, and who knows what happens? The schedule's finally finally lighting up after this. I'm going to take Rams plus three. Um, I do not want the outright. I don't know if we win outright, uh, even though it says that on there. Sorry, I, ch- I, I changed my mind during the sprint. I'm just taking Rams plus three because I think it's a game where it could go either way and like one team wins by one or two points or we get a push. But I do think if I had, you know, gun to head, 19-29, I think the Rams could come away with the victory, all things considered with Stafford starting, but take the plus three no matter what. Maybe, you know, when Dresser Droya gets to come in, and uh, that's a deep, deep Godzilla reference, but I think someone will get it. Delio. Half off the pot. Yeah. Delio. So we got Bucks plus two and a half, under 40 in Bucks, Texan. Raiders minus two, Rams plus three in my quick pick. I'm going to go overseas. Give me Chiefs money line because it'd be a great bounce back spot for them. Chiefs money line. I like that. Do you also want to sprinkle a little on Daryl Henderson anytime touchdown? 
you can do not, it. Are not do interested. It. No. Not I didn't know if that was if that was going to be another quick pick. Understandable. Yeah. You just leave me on my island alone to die. That's fine. I get it. Totally fine. My Daryl Henderson and uh, is it Luke Musgrave who's going to score that touchdown at any time? If that hits, what a win for you. Yeah, Luke Musgrave, Daryl Henderson. I mean, you got plus 1,500 odds. You're getting uh, King's Ransom. Throw $10 on there. Why not? King's Ransom. I love that. <laughs> Appreciate you guys listening. Always. Going to be an interesting weekend. And then the bye week. So everybody can take a deep breath. We appreciate you guys always. And go Rams. Go Rams. Sorry about the theme song. We'll get you next week. We got you guys. No worries. Peace.